Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today with Goodyear's acquisition of Cooper Tire now complete, Mayor Christina Mern discusses her conversations with executives about the future of the company in Findlay. Also this morning, much of the latest economic data points to a rapid post-pandemic recovery. Do entrepreneurs on the front lines share that enthusiasm? A look at results of the latest Bank of America small business owner report. In our ongoing Keeping the Faith series, the popular Guideposts magazine is celebrating its 75th anniversary of inspiring readers with a fresh redesign to appeal to a new generation. And Father's Day is fast approaching. We have great gift ideas for dads that are notoriously difficult to buy for. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Wednesday, June 9th, 2021. Today is Donald Duck Day, commemorating the Disney character's first appearance on screen in the animated short film The Wise Hen, which premiered on this date in 1934. So happy Donald Duck Day to you today. Donald Duck. I can't do a Donald Duck voice, but if you can, talk like Donald Duck Day today. And... uh, You can explain to people why you are doing so. Donald Duck Day. I can't do it. I just, I can't. Also, and this is really interesting, today is National Earl Day. And it says here it salutes anyone named Earl, and the day was created in honor of Earl Baltus, who is a band leader turned racetrack owner. In 1954, he turned Ohio's Eldora Ballroom into the Eldora Speedway, which is uh, an incredibly popular uh, dirt racetrack uh, in the uh, state of Ohio and really across the country among uh, dirt racers and um, all of that. Uh, Eldora is like the, it's like the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for dirt track racers. And uh, so Eldora Speedway, uh, the uh, founder, Earl Baltus, uh, responsible for the creation of National Earl Day today. So how about that? And also, because I just want to be complete here, it is National Strawberry Rhubarb Pie Day. So have a strawberry rhubarb pie in honor of National Earl Day today talk like donald duck you're all cut you're all set you're all uh, set you're covered so uh, among the first things you need to know today the uh, big stories the most buzzworthy stories uh yesterday um the ohio attorney general dave yost filed a lawsuit asking the court to declare google a public utility uh ohio attorney general dave yost filed a lawsuit asking court to declare Google a public utility and require that it be regulated by the government as such. The AG contends that Google abuses its power as the company that runs the Internet's dominant search engine in a discriminatory and anti-competitive way, for example, by steering people to Google's own products when they search for things online. Uh... A.G. Yost said in a statement, when you own the railroad or the electric company or the cell phone tower, you have to treat everyone the same and give everybody access. Now, 
What I found to be really interesting about that argument is this is the same argument that Democrats used several years ago when they tried to declare the Internet a public utility in an effort to head off the possibility of Internet giants like Google, like Facebook, like Amazon, especially Walmart, all of those Internet giants, especially in the e-commerce space, from squeezing the little guy out by paying Internet providers for priority access uh, to consumers. So they could pay big bucks to have their sites served up quickly to Internet customers. And uh, in the e-commerce space, the little guy would get squeezed out because they couldn't afford to pay for that priority access. And it was Republicans at the time that balked at that argument that said, if you make the internet a public utility and regulate it as such, you will stifle innovation. Now, the Republican Attorney General of Ohio is making the same argument, basically, uh, with respect to wanting Google specifically to be regulated as a utility. Google, for their part, argued that the changes sought by the lawsuit would reduce the quality of its searches and hurt small businesses that consumers might not otherwise find, saying Ohioans simply don't want the government to run Google like a gas or electric company. So, uh, I guess we'll see where this goes, but I thought was very interesting that the Republican Attorney General is making essentially the same argument that the Obama administration made several years ago with respect to the internet being a public utility. So this issue is far from over and will probably only be debated more as we become more and more reliant on the internet in our everyday, as if we aren't right now. But kind of interesting story from uh, yesterday. The Newswire, some of the other most uh, interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Wednesday morning started. Hard to believe it's Wednesday already. Middle of the week. Man, this week is flying by. Some companies, you know, are having a hard time filling job openings as the U.S. emerges from the pandemic. Restaurant and hospitality industries among those having the most difficulty. So, as we know, restaurant chains have been boosting the hourly pay that they are offering to try and draw workers. And now we have the first example of the fallout from that. Chipotle Mexican Grill has announced that they are raising prices by about 4% to cover that increased cost of uh, that increased labor cost. Somebody's got to pay it. They're not going to take it out of their profits. So you pay your workers more. It means the stuff is going to cost more. Who couldn't see that coming, right? Again, this is the argument that we've heard for years as the debate has raged over the appropriate minimum wage. Chipotle announced last month it would raise hourly wages to an average of $15 an hour by the end of this month. And the entire restaurant industry also facing rising prices for food as suppliers try to deal with the uh, demand. And they've got their own shortages that they've got to deal with and so on. But it is all leading to higher prices for consumers. Go figure. Anyway. So I, it goes to demonstrate, 
You know, the question is, hey, if you raise the minimum wage, how much will that turn into increased prices for consumers? Well, now we know raise to an average of $15 an hour and your prices go up 4%. Uh, that's what's happening at Chipotle anyway. There you go. Kind of interesting off the uh, newswire this morning. It says following a plant-based diet is uh, said to have many health benefits. And here is a new one to add to the list. It may lower the severity of a COVID-19 infection. Researchers from Stamford Health found that a plant-based diet was associated with 73% lower odds of moderate to severe COVID-19. 73%. And that a pescatarian diet, which includes fish but limits or eliminates meat, was associated with a 59% reduction in the severity, in the likelihood of a severe uh, case of COVID-19 among those who contracted the disease. Compared to those who ate a plant-based diet, those with a low-carb, high-protein diet had had nearly four times the odds of moderate to severe COVID-19. Lead researcher in the study, Sarah Seidelman, says our results suggest that a healthy diet rich in nutrient-dense foods may be considered for protection against severe COVID-19. So, there you go. Make of that what you will. But meat producers not going to be happy to hear that story. Speaking of scientific research, this is kind of interesting. Out of the UK, researchers looked, looked at data among middle-aged adults and found those with frequent sleep problems are at a higher risk of death than those without <laughs> sleep problems. They, they also found... That people, I don't mean to laugh, but listen to this. Those with sleep problems at a higher risk of dying than those without. They also found that people with type 2 diabetes were 87% more likely to die of any cause compared to people without diabetes or sleep disturbances. (laughs) I don't get it. Are they actually suggesting that if you sleep better, if if, if you have good sleep, and you don't have diabetes, you have a good chance of living forever. <laughs> and they're talking about those with type 2 diabetes, 87% more likely to die of any cause compared to people without diabetes or sleep disturbances. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but we're all likely to die. <laughs> I mean, how are you 87% more likely to die of any cause <laughs> as compared to as compared to the rest of the population that's not likely to die of any cause at all. So the key to, is this, have we, have we found the key to immortality here? I just don't get it. Anyway, I'm not sure that the research itself is flawed. I just think the way they uh, put it in the reporting on the study is maybe, is maybe. Uh, the uh, lead study author, Dr. Malcolm Von Schantz, what a name, Dr. Malcolm Von Schantz. I want that name. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to adopt that name as my on-air name. From now on, henceforth, call me Dr. Malcolm Von Chance. <laughs> Says, as we, uh, although we already knew that there is a strong link between poor sleep and poor health, this illustrates the problem starkly. So, there you go. You get good sleep, you're never going to die, apparently. <laughs> and by the way, speaking of the pandemic, how about this? Definitely 
a big story. The comfort shoe of the COVID-19 pandemic has now taken a dangerous turn. Um, the latest collaboration uh, or, or the uh, latest product from the rubber clog brand Crocs is the form of a narrow heel placed precariously on the sole of the croc. Yes, high-heeled crocs are a thing now. You can get high-heeled crocs. Apparently, they run... These are luxury crocs. They're specialty... uh, They're a special collection. And they run upwards of $800 for these. And apparently sold out before even being available in stores. They were sold online first and sold out even before they could make it to stores. The style apparently comes in green and black and joins a knee-high rubber boot in the collection as well. So high-heeled and knee-high Crocs are a thing now. I think we've jumped the shark on the whole Crocs thing. Anyway, there you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Wednesday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. The WTOL 11 first alert forecast. Scattered showers and storms today with a high of 82. A chance of showers tonight, a low of 68. The Hancock Leadership Class of 2021 held a grand opening for their class project, the History Walk at Brooklocker Memorial Park at the site of the Little Red Schoolhouse off of County Road 236. The idea was that we wanted to provide uh, a historical walk for visitors to the Little Red Schoolhouse to learn about Hancock County as well as the city of Finley while they are here. Melissa Ebel says the History Walk includes 13 stations that highlight historical events in Hancock County's history, such as Hancock County and the Underground Railroad and Hancock County and World War II. You can see video of our conversation with Melissa about the History Walk on our website. In a push to increase vaccination rates in Ohio, the state's Department of Health is debunking vaccine myths. Health officials say the COVID shot doesn't have a microchip, nor will it give you the virus. They also told the public it won't change people's DNA, nor will it harm a pregnancy. Currently, more than half of Ohioans remain unvaccinated. Two organizers of a Memorial Day ceremony in Northeast Ohio have resigned after they silenced a speech about how freed black slaves honored fallen soldiers just after the Civil War. American Legion officials in Ohio say the president of the Hudson American Legion Auxiliary stepped down over the weekend. A second local official resigned last Friday. Both came under intense criticism over the decision to censor retired Army Lieutenant Colonel Barnard Kempter at the ceremony in Hudson. Kempter said he wanted to share the history of how Memorial Day originated, but organizers said that wasn't relevant to honoring the city's veterans. Daniel Barnett, ONN News. The Finley-Hancock County Public Library is operating as a grab-and-go meal site this summer for the Children's Hunger Alliance Summer Food Service Program. Meals will be distributed from the main library, the Arlington branch, and the Bookmobile. The program runs through August 21st. Get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. So our cover story this morning with Goodyear's acquisition of Cooper Tire now complete. We are joined by Finley Mayor Christina Mern. 
Uh, Christina, thanks very much for uh, taking the time. Uh, we appreciate it. When the news was uh, announced that the sale had closed, that the acquisition was complete, was there a bit of a, uh, a, a gut punch, I guess, for lack of a better term? I know for me, even though, even though we knew it was coming, it was announced a couple of months back, you knew that it was, it was going to happen, and still uh, at the moment when you got the news that it was officially a done deal, you get that realization that you know this company that's been part of Findlay uh, for nearly a century has been gobbled up and is no more an, an independent company based right here in, in Flag City, USA. You know, I wouldn't say it was a gut punch. You know, obviously, I would prefer that Cooper be independent and, um, you know, kind of business as usual for us locally. But knowing that this was coming, I'm actually a little relieved because there were a number of conversations that neither entity could have until the deal officially closed. So now we can really start engaging um, further with Goodyear. Um, which, you know, is, is really the next step. So talk a little bit about those conversations that you have had with company executives. As you mentioned, there are things that really couldn't be discussed until the deal closed. But what has been the nature of those conversations to this point? Yeah, the initial conversations have really just been tr- good. You're trying to understand the community. How can they engage um, once the deal was closed? What were our concerns? Um, you know, addressing some of those as best they could, recognizing that they still, you know, have a lot of work ahead of them, um, especially through the end of this year as they kind of start to um, merge the organization. And what will be some of the conversations you will want to have moving forward? You mentioned there were things that you couldn't really talk about until the deal was uh, was closed, such as. Yeah, you know, just what is kind of their uh, a little more detail into their presence, their transition process, getting them introduced and engaged in the community, meeting more of of their team. Um, you know, I, I haven't had the opportunity to meet Mr. Kramer. I know he was in town yesterday meeting with the employees, mm-hmm. um, but I know that that's going to be planned here in the next couple of weeks. Um, but we've been speaking frequently. Um, you know, I've I've been speaking frequently, engaged a number of folks in in conversations as appropriate with Goodyear's team, um, specifically, you know, their community engagement and government affairs folks, um, so that we can just kind of lay the groundwork for hey, we as a community, one of the things that makes Finley so successful is working together and understanding what your questions are, what are your challenges, and what can we do to help support our community. Um, you know, the Cooper employees and make sure that this is a, a positive for, for all of us as best it can be. I know that. Um, and, and they were really receptive to that. And, and I think, you know, that, that sets our community apart because they hear that and they know, you know what, things that we typically see as hurdles are not going to be hurdles in Finley. I, I, I do know that uh, for from those who have had those conversations, such as yourself, the, the word that we hear is that the company, uh, that Goodyear is saying all the right things. They're uh, talking about uh, becoming involved and engaged in the community and so on and so forth. Do you take them, I mean, this may be a bit of a loaded question, but do you take them uh, at, their, uh, at their word with what you are hearing thus far? 
You know, I, I think I take everything that people say cautiously at their <laughs> word. Um, so, you know, I do. I think at this point, they you know, are really, they see Cooper as an asset, which it is. They This is a very well-run organization. Mm-hmm. It's been profitable. That's why they were interested in Cooper. It provides them a lot of opportunity in markets they didn't previously have and products that they are not known for. Um, so I do think that they're very complimentary and I think that that serves Cooper well. Um, you know, we're, we're definitely going to see some change in, in some of the you know, positions, the corporate positions, but at this point, um, they really say that it's going to be continue business as usual for the foreseeable future within Cooper and they're going to work through a transition process and they're going to communicate with us as much as they can. Um, and that, you know, the, the manufacturing plant is, is here for the foreseeable future as well. So, you know, I do take them at their, their word. And I think that they'll tell us if there are any changes as soon as they're able to tell us if there are any changes. And the reason I ask, because a number of people, as you well know, I'm sure you've heard from a number of constituents, there are a, a segment of the population that's very skeptical about what the future may hold. Are you prepared to do whatever is necessary to keep the plant here if there are issues that arise on down the road? Uh, yes, if if it makes sense uh, for both entities, definitely. And, you know, having the acquisition closed, that's one of the conversations we can have is saying, you know, if, if that ever gets on the table, mm-hmm. we need to be at the table at the beginning as well. Um, and so opening and building that relationship now and making sure they understand that we're here. And I always tell folks, you know, no, whatever it may be. I can't solve problems I'm not aware of. And so I need you to communicate with me on where you're at so that I can best support you. Definitely is the beginning of a new era for the city of Findlay and its relationship with Cooper Tire, now a subsidiary of Goodyear. But it does sound as though those lines of communication uh, are open, which is a uh, certainly a positive sign. Before we let you go, I do want to ask uh, one question about a uh, different uh, topic. It was uh, not all that long okay. ago, a couple, uh, three weeks ago, that uh, city council uh, was kind of stuck on the uh, creation of a new project manager position for the city of Findlay, which I know you have uh, advocated for. Where does that stand right now? Yeah, so they approved it, and we had to wait the 30 days for it to take effect for Mr. Smelter to be able to get paid for some of the work that um, we are going to need from him over the next couple of weeks. So um, I expect he, we've had a couple of conversations with him on urgent items, um, but we'll bring him in to assist us in the coming weeks on a couple of items. And again, I think folks kind of misunderstood my, my philosophy is anytime you can have a transition between positions, it's important to do so because there's a lot of nuances that, you're able to get through more quickly with that individual there kind of saying, hey, this is where different documents are at, or here's the history on this issue, or here's where this conversation was at, and make that smooth. And that's what we had been planning on um, since day one when we we were going to hire somebody new in with have Paul be able to assist them. Mm-hmm. Um, and somehow that got lost in translation when it was brought up before council. Um, so they had some hesitancy around that, but ultimately they recognized that that's exactly what we had been discussing. That's exactly what's needed. And it is going to save the city money in the long run um, because we had had, we had one, had it in the budget 
and Paul committed to doing a lesser rate, um, but it also gave us flexibility by establishing it as an hourly position because then we're not paying somebody benefits. We're not bringing somebody in mm-hmm. so many hours a week, even when we don't need them. And, you know, five down months down the road, something may come up and I need to meet with Paul for a couple hours because it's something we hadn't, you know, foreseen. Um, it just gives us a lot of flexity, flexibility, which our p- previous pay ordinance did not allow. And that's why we needed a new position to and, be able to cover it. And that was going to be my uh, my follow-up. What do you envision uh, for this position moving forward? I mean, what will be the definition of the uh, project manager for the city of Findlay? You know, I think the majority of time it will sit as an unfilled position. Um, you know, our pay ordinance has a number of positions that are just there as needed um, that, you know, we, we frequently don't have them filled. Um, so I see that also on this, but if there are other, you know, special projects that come in that it's beneficial for us to bring somebody in and hire them as an employee then, of the city rather than bringing them through a, a firm that we would have to pay them some additional fees, um, it just gives us that flexibility, which I think is really important. Then you will have that uh, placeholder, for lack of a better term, there uh, for that uh, for that reason. Again, uh Finley Mayor Christina Mern with us uh, this morning. Mayor Mern, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Yep, have a wonderful rest of your day. So yesterday we were talking about how the state's underlying economy might either push the economic recovery along or conversely might hold it back. This morning, want to look specifically at where small businesses are at, even though we are obviously not out of the woods just yet. There are plenty of reasons to be optimistic about the direction of the post-pandemic economy in general. That being said, we also know that business owners are facing challenges in the restart. According to Bank of America's latest small business owner report, entrepreneurs have started to regain their footing after a long and difficult year. Sharon Miller is head of small business at BOA. And Sharon, balancing the enthusiasm for a return to normalcy against the headwinds that many are dealing with, is it generally a glass half full or glass half empty mindset for most small business owners right now? Well, I think it's a glass half full. As we completed a survey in April of this year, we saw significant improvement in key findings for business owners and their outlook. And as you said, they are starting to regain their footing and confidence is improving. So for example, we took our last survey in September of 2020. So the fall of last year, just six months prior to doing our survey in April. And when we asked about revenue expectations for businesses, then 34% told us that they felt their revenue would increase over the next 12 months. Contrast that to this latest survey in April, 60% expect their revenues to increase. So we saw a significant uptick, and this is a key indicator of the health of a business. No question. At the same time, those numbers also mean that 40% do not expect their revenue stream to recover this year, and that is still a significant number. So at the risk of being a glass-half-empty kind of guy in this glass-half-full report, that is still a significant number. What is the message to those small business owners who are still struggling? Well, I mean, I think that, um, you know, as we look at 
there are concerns and there are concerns whether you're struggling in business or whether you have an optimistic outlook. I mean, I feel that we still have underlying headwinds and, you know, U.S. political environment is, a, is something that is on people's minds, healthcare costs, you know, commodities prices, of course, coronavirus, all of these areas are concerns for business owners at large. And, you know, what we did here is that 80% of business owners told us that once this vaccine is widely disseminated and we get to that herd immunity in their local community, that will be very helpful in getting us back to normal. So that is one thing. And as you think about resources and funding and navigating the pandemic, you know, what business owners told us was that many of them tapped into personal savings, Mm -hmm. their business credit cards, PPP loans. I mean, in fact, at Bank of America, we helped 485,000 businesses across the country for $35 billion in capital through PPP. And so those are definitely resources that were available. And I feel like it's very important for businesses as they are shifting and pivoting to sit down and get guidance from a CPA, from a local banker, to make sure that they're thinking about things as we come through into this recovery. It is interesting that some of those concerns that were cited are things that certainly predate the pandemic or not necessarily uh, related to the pandemic. Uh, you know, these are, are issues that they were concerned about long before uh, all of this happened. We have heard about the competitive talent landscape uh, in the in this restart and and businesses not being able to find enough workers to fill jobs, what is their outlook? How do they feel about that issue moving forward? Well, I mean, as you suggest, the pandemic did intensify that competition for talent, and in fact, uh, one in five told us during this survey that they plan to hire over the next twelve months which that's up significantly from the fall. Mm -hmm. And then when we asked about what happened during the pandemic, 43% of business owners told us they tried to hire someone during the pandemic. And half of those said they just had difficulty finding the qualified candidates for open positions. So it is heating up and it is difficult. And this is something that, you know, hiring qualified workers has been on the minds of business owners prior to the pandemic, but this has just intensified it. So that leads to the question of what will be the long-term effects of all of this. What do small business owners see as the long-term impact uh, on this that will affect their business long after the economic recovery is really taken off? Well, I mean, I think the pandemic has caused entrepreneurs to make permanent changes operationally, and transitioning to digital. So 62% told us that they are, you know, going to continue with that digital shift. So, you know, as we looked at what happened during the pandemic, many businesses were forced to close. And if they didn't have an online or digital platform and they didn't pivot, they were in trouble. And so it was important that uh, you have that. And what's happened now is that that's a permanent shift. We're hearing from our clients that they intend to keep that because now it's another distribution channel for them in addition to that, you know, storefront. Mm -hmm. So it is, it's imperative. And then, you know, enhancing sanitation practices, that's around to stay. I mean, I don't think that's going anywhere when you think about 
um, you know, all of the, the face-to-face type of interactions we're having, people expect that now. It, it helps to get clients feeling safe. Hmm. You also uh, asked in this year's uh, report about how, how all of this has impacted the health and wellness of entrepreneurs. Is that something you would normally ask about, or did you add that in based on this very unique year? We added it in, and eighty-five you percent know, of entrepreneurs told us that you know this has caused additional stress. And I don't, I don't think it matters if you're an entrepreneur, you know, a mom, retired, sure. you know, working in a corporation. I think it took its toll on all of us, and so you know that wasn't surprising. But what we did ask is, you know, how are you dealing with this? What are you doing to really unwind and take care of yourself? Because it is so important right now that we are all taking care of our mental health and wellness. And, you know, whether it's making time to enjoy family and friends, you know, unplugging because, you know, many of us work from home Mm -hmm. uh, with kids that were getting, you know, educated from home. And so it was just all of a sudden our world's changed. And so it is so important to put that boundary to make sure that you have some separation to take care of yourself. It's really interesting because, again, this uh, is an issue that is uh, that predates the pandemic. We've talked uh, numerous times about the importance of you know that striking that balance and making sure that you uh, make time for family and the things other than work. But certainly over the past year, it has accentuated uh, just how important that is. Really fascinating stuff from the Bank of America Small Business Owner Report. Uh, Sharon Miller is head of small business at Bank of America, and you have uh, more details on uh, all of this at your website, correct? We do. So your listeners can go to bankofamerica.com forward slash small business. You can find this report and then just a whole host of other information, whether it be you're thinking about starting a business or you're very established. There is so much information and resources for entrepreneurs on our website. So check it out. We will link it up on our webpage as well. Fascinating insights there. Sharon, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank thank you so much for having me. You are no doubt familiar with Guideposts Magazine. They've been around for now 75 years, actually more than 75 years. Last year was their big 75th anniversary celebration that unfortunately wasn't able to be real big because of the pandemic so they kind of put that on hold this year guideposts celebrating 75 years a delayed 75th anniversary did you know that uh, guideposts was uh, founded by ohio native norman vincent peel and in honor of three quarters of a century of inspiring readers They are rolling out a fresh redesign to appeal to a new generation with an updated design format. Correspondent John Clemens reports this morning, Keeping the Faith. Guidepost Editor-in-Chief Edward Grennan tells us about some of the changes. We've moved it from a a 10-issue-a-year publication schedule to a uh, bi-monthly publication schedule. And then we've invested that money back into the magazine. We've created, you know, it is a, a mag- the magazine is now a minimum of 100 pages per issue. Grinnan tells us the 4.5 million readers of Guideposts will notice other changes. 
We've added some content that is a little different from the first-person inspirational stories that we've been publishing for 75 years. Now, we still publish those stories. That's always going to be the heart and soul of Guideposts, those personal stories from everyday people. But we've added columnists, and we've added features on scripture and on prayer and on spiritual well-being. So that adds a, a greater editorial dimension to the overall issue of, of every magazine. There is a hunger in America Guideposts will strive to focus on hope, faith, and prayer on every page. We think America is hungry for inspiration. It's hungry for content that makes people live their lives with more hope and more optimism. And that really is the goal of Guideposts, to reach people where they are in their spiritual journeys and support them in those journeys. Grinnan tells us readers will relate to the articles and guideposts that will focus on faith. It may be, you know, bringing up teenage kids, or it may be dealing with older parents who are struggling with health issues. It's the, sa- you know, it's the same thing that the people all over the country are, are working through, the same problems. And there is always that faith element that gets them over the top of a problem and, and reassures them that God is they're working in their lives with them as they go through their challenges uh, in everyday living. Over the years, Guidepost has realized the importance of listening to what the readers wanted. They tell us that what they see in the magazine is people like them, um, and that makes the stories real for them. Uh, and And that includes even our celebrity pieces. You know, we don't, we don't put celebrities on a pedestal. We Celebrities, when they discuss something in guideposts that's going on in their lives, they discuss something that the readers can identify with. Over the 35 years he has been working at Guideposts that was founded by Norman Vincent Peale, Grinnan now finds himself working with storytellers. We are storytellers, and that's what we've been for 75 years. Dr. Peale was one of the greatest storytellers I ever saw. So his DNA is there in the magazine, the power of positive thinking. We promote hope and optimism and faith by telling our readers through our stories that anything is possible with hope, faith, and prayer. Every page of Guideposts will be filled with messages of hope to the reader. I've used the phrase before that we are hope merchants, that we traffic in hope and inspiration and, and uplift. People who read Guidepost magazine always tell us, they always say, you know, I read a story in Guidepost this morning when I was feeling down, and it made me feel better. And if you can make people feel better in a wholesome, faith-based way, you're doing great work in the world. And I think that's what we do. Grinnan tells a story of what Guidepost can mean to some readers. It came from a woman who mailed a copy of the program from her father's funeral service. It was one of those sort of things where they had, you know, he, the year he was born, he grew up in the Depression, he went off, you know, there was a, a date, you know, 1941, he joins the Army and goes off to Europe, you know, 1952, gets his first job, and it goes through his life like that, when he got married, when he had children, and then it said, 1974, got a story in Guidepost, and I thought, wow, that family thought that that was one of his most important life events. Edward Grinnan tells us how to get more information from Guideposts. The new Reimagined Guideposts is really, it's just a beautiful, beautiful magazine. And you can find it at guideposts.org.
This is John Clemens reporting. It's no accident that uh, Guidepost has been around for 75 years. Something you know like that just doesn't happen uh, without it being quality writing and uh, meaningful for a lot of people. Who among us hasn't picked up a copy of Guidepost magazine at some time in the past? Good to know. It's still around and thriving three quarters of a century in. We have the link up at our webpage. Go to goodmornings.net. Keeping the faith. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We begin in Florida (laughs) because it's always a good place to start. There's always something weird going on in Florida. Police responded to Pocahontas Park in Vero Beach yesterday morning after getting a tip about a couple having a good time in the park. (laughs) They arrived to find... Sharon Finley, age 52, and Jermaine Jackson, age 44, getting busy with it inside the children's crawling tunnel. (laughs) Gives a whole new name, a whole new meaning to the term tunnel of love. When asked what they were doing, Ms. Finley said they were making out. (laughs) And then some, as it turns out, they were both arrested and charged with possession of an open container of alcohol. The uh, pair avoided additional charges since there were no further complaints who reported uh, no further complainants who reported seeing the above mentioned incident, according to the police report. (laughs) Oh, hey, you know, when the mood strikes, it's the tunnel of love. This is weird from the international file. In Scotland recently, a driver came face-to-face with a very curious figure. I've heard of road rage. This isn't really road rage. It's just road weird. A person walked up to his car. Apparently, this uh, individual was stopped in traffic. A a person approaches wearing a top hat, a long brown jacket, black boots, and a World War II-era gas mask. (laughs) The driver was able to uh, take a, a video for social media as the creepy creature approached his car the driver repeatedly asks what are you doing and the person simply stands there very very still at the side of the road and stares back at the driver the driver then laughs out loud and drives off just a weird weird encounter i don't know what to make of it it's good to know though that uh, weird things like that don't just happen in this country. That's some comfort in that, I guess. Uh, Let's see. Sometimes you don't have to go very far to find the broken news. In Cincinnati, an enormous cicada, one of billions emerging from hibernation across states in the eastern and central U.S., is being blamed for causing an automobile accident. Apparently, the cicada flew through an open window of a woman's car, striking the driver in the face. Happened Monday night, according to Cincinnati police. The motorist drove off the road and crashed into a utility pole. Fortunately, only minor injuries, but police tweeted out photos showing the car heavily damaged. Uh, The cicadas, part of Brood X, emerge from the ground every 17 years to mate. Police have issued an advisory to motorists to keep their windows closed for the time being. (laughs) Good tip. 
Good tip. Wow. Try to explain that to your insurance company. And a cicada flew through the window, landed on my face. I couldn't see anything. Doesn't say whether the uh, driver was sighted, but I would think, I would hope, the driver was not sighted for something like that. But keep your windows closed. Good advice. Next time you're driving through the Queen City. Uh, This from the last frontier of Alaska. Where a group of friends is safe after getting stuck at sea on a giant inflatable flamingo. <laughs> now there's a story you can tell your friends. Uh, reports are the U.S. Coast Guard had to be called in to rescue a group of friends off the coast of Kodiak last weekend. Strong winds drug them out to the middle of nowhere, they said, while they were just hanging out on the Flamingo at uh, Manashka Bay. <laughs> Suddenly they turn around and they're out in the middle of the ocean, in the middle of nowhere, on a giant pink Flamingo. <laughs> Coast Guard had to dispatch a helicopter to lift the trio back to shore. No word on the fate of the inflatable Flamingo. And lastly, in the broken news this morning, we come full circle and head back to Florida for today's viral uh, uh, video post. And this is really strange. A woman in Florida, uh, Palm Coast, Florida, claims that a baby dinosaur charged through her backyard during the overnight hours recently. uh, And she has the video to prove it from her trusty security camera. Uh, apparently, the woman uh, by the name of Christina Ryan noticed an oddity back in April and uh, tried to figure out what kind of creature that it was that crossed her lawn in the middle of the night. It apparently ran on two legs like a dinosaur dinosaur straight out of Jurassic Park. Uh, Ms. Ryan says any animal that we can come up with that would be walking at 4 a.m. would not walk this way. She is now convinced that a prehistoric creature is loose in the Sunshine State. <laughs> he believes, she believes it's a raptor or a small dinosaur of some kind. Uh, Ms. Ryan claims that everyone who has seen the footage agrees with her, but there are some naysayers who believe that the animal is possibly a crane or maybe even a dog that got loose. Ms. Ryan, though, pays those critics no mind, uh, telling local news reporters some say... It is a large bird, but that makes no sense, since whatever it is appears to have front legs as well. So I'm sticking with the raptor story myself. (laughs) It is still unknown. Nobody can actually figure out what kind of creature charged across, uh, across her lawn. And as of Tuesday, she still says she does not have an official answer, so she's sticking to her guns. Uh, Ms. Ryan says there's never been an answer to what it was, even despite asking neighbors, we are all, all still convinced it's a dinosaur. <laughs> well, okay then. I guess there's a chance. There you go. That is uh, today's broken. You can take a look at the uh, video and uh, decide or the images and decide for yourself. I saw them. I don't know if I would go dinosaur, but it is kind of an odd-looking creature. There you go. That is today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. 
It's the WFIN Virtual Car Show. Get them out, shine them up, and upload a pic of your classic, and we'll post it to WFIN.com for everybody to see. In addition, we'll have an online car show calendar so that you know when and where all the area shows are. It's chrome and horsepower on display online. The WFIN Virtual Car Show and Calendar. Thanks to Details Auto Spa, Loritz Chevrolet Cadillac, and 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. So, you know, gardening uh, made a, a big comeback during the pandemic. A lot of people uh, found out that it is a great way to relax, sort of recharge, clear your mind of all of your worries. And certainly in the past year, we've had uh, a need to de-stress and gardening is good for all of that. And even young people discovered the benefits of gardening. Eight in ten young people, this is a, a poll of uh, 2,000 people. I don't know who did the poll or commissioned the poll, but I saw the uh, results here and I thought it was interesting. A uh, poll of 2,000 people found that horticulture, uh, horticulture has enjoyed a renaissance among 18 to 34-year-olds during the lockdown. Eight in ten young people Again, 18 to 34-year-olds think gardening is cool. 8 in 10, gardening is cool. And it turns out that more than half of those in this survey would rather... <laughs> this. I mean, this is the litmus test for cool. Half, More than half of those in the survey would rather go to a garden center than a nightclub. The appeal appears to be rooted, no pun intended... In young people having a desire to make their homes and gardens a nicer place to be, along with to improve mental health and create a space that they can escape to. And I think we can all agree escaping to your garden is much better than escaping to a bar or a nightclub and drowning your sorrows. So this is a good thing. It also, uh, they also found out in the poll that gardening is so popular that young adults spend close to two hours during a typical week taking care of their beloved plants. So, that is pretty cool. Eight in ten young people said gardening is cool. More than half of them would rather go to a garden center than a nightclub. That was the statistic that really jumped out at me. In today's daily download, the statistics that shape our lives. What will be interesting is to find out whether they keep at it now that the uh, pandemic restrictions have been lifted. Has this been a cultural shift or just a flash in the pan due to the circumstances of the day? I guess we will find out. I don't know if they uh, plan to do this poll again in the future, but it would be interesting to see if uh, these 18 to 34-year-olds stick with it. So Father's Day is right around the corner, of course, and who better to give us the inside scoop on what dads really want than our good friend Bob Guinea, former Bachelor contestant, panelist for the Today's Show's Guys Tell All segments, father of two himself. Bob, of course, dads are notoriously hard to buy for, but you have something for every type of guy, whether you want to pamper dad or go the practical route. I sure do, Chris. This year... I'll tell you, my son has already given me this first gift, and we ate it together last night, and it's delicious. 
<laughs> okay. This year, Seize Candy. Oh, Seize Candy is always great. But this year, Candy Company is celebrating 100 years of sweetness, and they've got a great collectible Centennial Retro Keepsake tin. It is awesome. It's got little images from back in the day. It is my new favorite. And inside, they've got milk chocolate cigars, dark California brittle, maple cashew brittle, peanut brittle. It's just got that delicious crunch. And it's actually an original recipe. It's been made the same way for over a century. And all these candies are made with the finest and best ingredients. So there's no preservatives added. And it's super easy to find. You head to seize.com to order or you can find a shop near you. And I can tell you my sweet tooth is satisfied. This dad loves it. So it's definitely <laughs> so, something that's great for me. <laughs> so so those are actual chocolate cigars. Because when I saw the uh, the photo of this, I thought, are those real cigars? Those are chocolate cigars. It's amazing how real they look and feel. I mean, they're dense, they're heavy, but they're <laughs> delicious. Yeah, I, I, I actually took one out of the plastic to see if it was real. I mean, I was like, this can't be right. That is and awesome. Really, something else. That yeah, is cool. really cool. Uh, you have a couple of other uh, things uh, that would be great for dad, uh, especially the dad that's uh, maybe into uh, motorsports uh, or is always out in the garage fiddling with the power tools, all of that. That's right. You know, the world's top hearing care brand, Phonak, has just come out with Phonak Serenity Choice. It's a new line of intelligent hearing protection. They're not those cheap foam earplugs. These are amazing. They're they're specially designed for different activities like you know, like uh, motorsports and like music and like, you know, working with power tools and things of that nature, uh, hunting, you know, all of all the different things that you can have that will cause loud noises. The, this air, uh, this ear protection is amazing. It blocks the loud sounds while it still allows you to communicate with others. Super comfortable to wear. And a lot of people don't realize that hearing loss is actually the third most common chronic health condition in the United States. Noise-induced hearing loss is permanent, but it's preventable. And these are only available through hearing care professionals. So you simply visit phonac.com for more information and to find a professional near you. But it's a great gift to give to a dad that's active, that has some of those types of activities yeah. that may cause you know some, some loud noises. Especially for the dad that has everything, uh, this is a great out-of-the-box gift that will truly be appreciated. Uh, we've talked about the, uh, this in the past. Everybody these days seems to be getting into uh, home gardening. And if that is your dad, uh, you've got something, uh, it says, for an indoor garden. I sure do. And this is really cool. This is for the dad who likes to garden or cook fresh. He can grow fresh food with his indoor garden. It's everything from fruits and vegetables to herbs and flowering plants. It's called Garden, but it's spelled G-A-R-D-Y-N. And mm-hmm. they send you everything you need in their starter kit. It includes LED lights. 30 plants that come in pods, like Keurig cups, and you just add water. It's really neat. It's a hydroponic system, meaning it takes up about two square foot of space. And you even have a vacation setting with this that will slow growth while dad's traveling for work or whatever he might be doing. And uh, it allows you to have fresh herbs, flowers, plants, everything right available to you. And like I said, it's a little Keurig cup type of uh, of, of pod yeah. that you water and it grows. It's really neat. That is neat. Uh, speaking of dads who are on the go, dads who are traveling, one thing uh, about dad, he loves his toys and he loves to protect them. <laughs> this will keep all of yes. uh, dad's toys uh, like brand spanking new. Absolutely. It's called Nanook and it's a rugged case. It's what professionals use to transport everything from cameras to drones to watch collections. If you're like me, you've been, you know, at, at the airport back pre-COVID days when we were all traveling a whole lot more, and you'd see these really cool heavy-duty cases come out. Well, these cases are, are custom designed for cameras, drones, everything, and they have an organizer that fits in the lid 
It will hold cords, batteries, laptops, and tons more. All the Nanook cases are waterproof and dustproof, and they're designed to protect what's inside no matter what's happening outside, and they're really affordable too. So it's a great way to make sure you're keeping those valuables of yours safe and and, and free from harm. I know uh, that is something that I would appreciate because I'm kind of anal about that. I love my toys, and I want to keep them all nice and protected and safe. So that is, uh, that is perfect. And sure. lastly, you've got a couple of uh, gifts uh, to make sure that Dad is looking his best uh, in the personal grooming category. I do. Yeah. Yep, yep. If Dad, need, if Dad needs some grooming, we got some polishing, we got him covered. The Oral-B-I-O rechargeable toothbrush will brighten his smile. The brushes are designed to clean and polish teeth and restore healthy gums. In clinical tests, users reported six times more plaque removed from the gum lines and healthier gums in just one week of use. And then if dad's looking a little scruffy this year, well, the Philips Norelco Shaver 7500 is a cordless shaver that will do up to 90,000 cutting actions per minute while protecting his face using anti-friction rings. It actually reads facial hair density and adjusts its cutting power. So dad will look handsome. He'll have fresh breath. He'll be out there doing his garden and have all sorts of great stuff at the house. So we got everybody covered. There you go. And I think we've all uh, been looking a little scruffy over the past uh, year or so. So uh, something that it's adds an extra dash of technology into something as uh, simple as a shaver will certainly be appreciated for the yeah. gadget, dad as, uh, gadget Dad as well. So again, uh, Bob Guinea with us. Uh, some great gift ideas for Dad this up- upcoming Father's Day. Where do we get more information? You can find more info at dailylounge.com. Bob, thanks very much. Happy Father's Day. Same to you, my friend. Have a great day. And that will put a wrap on our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program. And a reminder that you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage. That, of course, goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the show, who are America's investment heroes? The Progressive Policy Institute is out with their list of the U.S. companies with the most capital spending to promote economic growth during the throes of the pandemic. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.